Yes, people. Oh, you didn't know? It's a two-parter this week. So, we've got one more film and a chat with the director. How much fun is that, people? So, sit back and enjoy. This is a little bit of a crazy one, but it's a lot of fun. Alright, people, let's go. Yo, so sometimes weird and bizarre is a perfect fit for a film. And I've got to say, it is the case for Ryan Kruger's directorial debut. Okay, so it's a film called Fried Barry, right? Which actually is a um, an extended version, you know what I mean? A... Uh, a sequel, an extension, you know, of a short film that he made of the same name, of the same name, um, a few years back ago, right, so, um, yeah, Kruger, he, um, he directs, he also produces with James C. Williamson, um, now, Kruger wrote the screenplay, uh, I think he created the story with Williamson, uh, so it is, um, yeah, it's got a crazy-ass cast to it, people, it, it really does, but, um, yeah, before we get to the cast, because I've got to say, uh, visually, the film is stunning, and the cinematography is thanks to Gareth Place. It's edited by Stephen Duplessis. Um, production design is Monica Rosie. Art direction is Michael O'Connor and Michael Rosie. Um, we've also... Uh, well, it's produced by Nikolai Fuglizig. Kruger and um, Williamson. The music is, which is crazy, is from Hazer. And uh, our cast. Well, in the starring role as Barry is Gary Green. Uh, we've got Suze, played by Chanel de Jagger. Juno is Brett Williams. We've got a uh, Joey Kramer, um, Bianca Hartenstein plays a prostitute, Sean Cameron Michael plays Roland, Steve Wall plays Little Beast, Hakim K. Kazim plays King Ping, Tamar Bergak plays Caveman, Colin Moss plays Jack. And the gist of the film is this, right? So, Fried Barry follows the story of a drug-addled degenerate who, after yet another bender, gets abducted by aliens. Barry takes a back seat as his alien visitor assumes control of his body and takes it for a joyride through Cape Town. What follows is an onslaught of drugs, sex 
and violence as Barry's alien tourist enters the weird and wonderful world of humankind. <laughs> and yeah, this it really is just a um, an odd an odd trippy journey really you know so we open up well we open up with a uh would you psa as a you know it's um yeah this weird like little psa and you've kind of got a screen on the screen right screen within the picture like you're seeing a TV, and then there's a man, he's like, this film is an 18, and it's just one of these, and you're like, huh? And so, yeah, then the film opens, and Barry is having an argument with his wife, right? She's, you know, just not happy, he's not pulling his weight, he's not helping, and she's frustrated, she, you know, he's not helping with the kid, They've got a little son, and so he storms out. He storms out and leaves. And we get the idea he's, yeah, he's he's shit at home, and he might not be the nicest person. He runs into uh, a couple, and he demands them of his money. So we get that. Then he uh, goes to a pub, meets up with a friend, they get drunk, his friend takes him back to his, and they get high, right, they get super high, you're assuming it's heroin, right, so, um, there's that, he's then walking, I think he might be walking home, when he's abducted, right, the, the light changes, and, um, yeah, he, he's sucked up into space, right? And he's abducted. And the abduction... Yeah, the abduction is just crazy. Uh, he's probed. Yep, we see him getting probed. We see him... Like, oh... I think it's... sound. Is it sounding when someone puts something down your urethra? Which just... Oh, never sounds fun, but he's getting that, like, it just, all manner of just obscure weirdness, that happens to Barry, and I think one of the, one of the things with this film, it's, it's the visuals, so through all of this whole experience, Right, we, we've got a red-hued screen, you've got this music playing, and it just adds to this obscure, weird, transient moment, you know what I mean? And so, we're back on Earth, and then Barry just goes on this, yeah, like, uh tour de force, <laughs> right, he's, you know, everyone sees him as Barry, but, yeah, no, he's this alien that has got inside his body, and so we just see him, like, soaking everything in, you know, all the, uh, the street signs, like, 
you know, someone walks past eating, I think it might be a hot dog, but you see him kind of transfixed by maybe the smell, and he's just walking, soaking it all in, just like, huh, what is, what is happening? And so, yeah, he's just on this weird, weird, weird mission now. And it's, it is weird. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. This is a weird film. And it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense in, like, the narrative from when he's back, right? So, the, the beginning is pretty straightforward. But once he's back on Earth, it's just... It's an odd situation that we find ourselves in. But it works. Right? It really does work. Because it's so weird. It's just so weird. Right? It's so weird and it's so kind of fun. Like, there's these moments when he... uh, You know, he gets some headphones and he's listening to music. And we see him... Like dancing and jumping around to music, and you're just like, what? <laughs> what? What's happening here? But it's great. I mean, it, it it is really great, and you're just you're just on board, right? You're on board to see where this is gonna take you next. You know, just all these weird little situations that he finds himself in. You know, I have to say, right, it does make you feel good. Because you're like, if this weird drug-addled Barry can, um, you know what I mean, be hooking up with all of these women, then A, (laughs) stepping out from COVID is all going to be fine. Right? It's all gonna be fine, you know, because yeah, old druggy Fred, he's a bit of a gallus man, right? So, hooking up with all these different chicks. I, one thing we do learn birth control is very important <laughs> because you don't want to happen to you what happens in this film, right? Because. Ooh, it's freaky, it's freaky, especially at the very, very end, right, it gets even freakier, you know, when it comes to feeding time, <laughs> you're gonna get some odd looks, but hey-ho, yeah, no, um, the film really does stand out when it comes to visuals and sound, because that you know, it, it, it's not a character, but it is a character in the film, right, because it really brings it to life, it really does add something to this, because I think if this was to have played it straight, right, I, I just don't think it would have worked as well, but, um, you know, we see Barry on, um, yeah, I think I called him Fred earlier, didn't I? We see Barry on the da- Barry on the dance floor is a demon. He's a demon cutting up shapes, but it does feel like a rave, right? It does feel like he's in a rave, and the way it is filmed, 
right? It does feel, you know, we get the feel of the energy, right? The energy from the room, it is all there. And you're just, yeah, you're just absorbed by it all. You know, you're, you're, you're pulled into this weird occurrence, to this, you know, weird trip that this alien has gone on. And you just want to know, all right, where's this going to take us? Where is this film going to end? And um, it's a trippy end. You know what I mean? Ain't gonna lie. It is a trippy ass end, but it works. You know? Well, it, it does, and then it just gets weird again, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think we um are like, okay, this is what's gonna happen, and then it just it ends on this very weird, odd note. But yeah, this type of film, it's it's not gonna end. With uh, you know, a white picket fence. You know, I mean, two people staring into into, into each other's eyes. It, you're gonna expect some weirdness in the ending, and that's what we get, people. But hey, I'm down with it. So it is available for you on Shudder. And listen, with all the other great films on Shudder, people, why haven't you got the platform? You know, what I mean? so listen, go. Go check it out. I think they're, they're offering a free seven-day trial. So, boom. Go do it. You won't want to leave. Because there is so many good films on there. And TV series. So, people. Fried Barry. It's on Shudder. It's odd. But it's, um, yeah. It's kind of fun, people. It is kind of fun. So, uh, you know. Go watch it. And remember... Right, this is a um, it's a warning on safe sex. <laughs> it's a warning on heroin use, and maybe being a shitty person. All right, so take those life lessons, people. Take those life lessons and enjoy fried Barry. Okay, people. So now we've had the review. Let's sit down with the director. And um, have a little talk about it. Okay, here's Ryan Kruger for you people. Okay, so I'm here with Ryan Kruger, who is the writer, director, and just genius behind Fried Barry. Ryan, thank you for stopping by. Appreciate that. Cool, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I think you're showing me up with the background. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll swap. We'll, we'll swap. Hey, I, I only put this up uh, about an hour ago. <laughs> so don't stress. This is my living room. I also got a living room just like you. Don't worry. <laughs> Yo, what the hell was Fried Barry, man? I was like, that. that is... It's some crazy ass feel, but so you made it off of a show, right? So, you, what, what yeah, so I mean, in, in 2017, I shot a three minute experimental, uh, called Fry Barry as well, and and it was just a standalone, it was just a standalone short. There was never ever a plan to make it into a feature or anything like that, it was just a standalone film, but it did really well at festivals. We got a lot of 
crazy fans from it, which is crazy because it's just a short. Uh, and we won, yeah, we did well at the festival circuit and uh, won awards. And then it just came to a point where I was like, in my career where I'm like, right, I want to make a feature film. And I had all these different scripts. And then the idea just came to me. And, and I thought, when I thought of the idea, I thought, this is the one. I think this is the one to do because it will be impossible to forget and it will stand out. So that made <laughs> me more interested to do that one more than the others, you know? It definitely does stand out, right? It definitely stands it's a think... It's a conversational piece, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just uh, leave down a mantelpiece and um, let's talk. For me, it's always one of those things where, I mean, how many films do we watch and say, I'm not going to watch that again? Or you, you get 10 minutes through it and then you turn it off. So for me, it's just like with, the, you know, with this film, it, you know, the, what I'm saying is there's, there's so many films that, we don't even talk about because we'll either watch watch it, never watch it again, or, or it's not worth a conversation. And with with mm. this film, whether you like it or not, you will you will speak about it, and you will definitely have a conversation about it. And that's <laughs> yes. cool. And it, it, it's designed that way, that because I mean, like when I go to the cinema, I love to whoever I'm with watching it after the film. You know, you want to discuss it and you want to yeah, talk about yeah. it. Yeah, no, that's the that's a big thing, right? So yeah. with this whole, you know cinemas being shut watching at home right i'm like all right fine i can watch a film at home but i love that point when you leave and you're like yo what the fuck was that was crazy yo that moment when yeah yeah no i thought that too yeah, exactly. and you have that that i love that conversation right yeah, that, exactly. that is a, a key part of the whole cinema going experience like being able to talk to people and it's the fun yeah. about doing like festivals because you know like now we're having this conversation because you can talk with directors and actors and producers yeah. about the crazy ass things they produced <laughs> exactly yeah yeah no there's a lot of films that i've enjoyed but i'm not you know i liked it during that moment but i'm not there's not a lot to talk about. But with this, yeah, there is so much to kind of break down. I mean, you, we can see your music video background in this as well. Right? It's, I love the, the, the nightclub scene right? when Barry just, uh, yeah, breaks loose. <laughs> cool. Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing with the film. It's like the story is really easy. You know, the story is about a heroin addict that gets abducted by aliens, spat back, spat back out onto Earth, and this alien takes this drug addict's body on a, on a joyride through Cape Town. You know, it's almost like a, you know, a road trip uh, movie without the car, but Barry's the car, and you're just going on mm. this journey. And I think that's the thing with this film. It's, it's very much... Uh, an experience you know it, it's it's not your normal structured movie but all the character arcs are there and it's it, you know the movie is designed to make you feel uncomfortable it's designed to you know for you to go on this journey this drug trip and go on this experience and you know it's it's you know we we just end up seeing you know the darker side of humanity and that you know it's society that is crazy and it's actually not the alien you know it's him observing mm. the world and then it's the world of observing him at the same time you know 
Yeah, yeah, because I, I kind of feel that the, the part when he's, you know, kicked bad out into society, as it were, right? Like, it's a bit of a mismatch. I, and I, no offense with that, but I, what I mean is the story doesn't matter as much. It's about these experiences. Because when you first see him walking down the road, right, you can see him soaking in. Like he's sniffing, he's looking around, like the neon signs, the guy that walks yeah. past with like the, I think a hot dog or something. And you can see yeah, yeah. him like soaking it yeah. all but in. That, but, so that's, but, but you're right, that's that. that's that's the film. That's that's you know, that's what I wanted. That's it's that's why I'm saying the story is really easy. That's mm. that's what I'm saying. It's about the it's the experience, and that's why I think Fry, you know, Fried Bar is a great movie to watch with people you know it's oh, this good. experience yeah, that would be fun. and this thing where, where you're going on this journey and you know the audience is going to feel as if they're barry or the with barry going on this crazy thing and that's why i always describe it as like you know you've got all these things and you know and you you do get these small breathers only here and there <laughs> but it's you know it's like that irritating fly or somebody tapping you on the shoulder it's just it's at you that like the whole time and you're like, okay, okay, fuck it out. I just gotta, I just gotta go with it. I just gotta roll with it. And that's why it's a fun movie. Yeah. You know, you just gotta say, you know, what the fuck and just sit back and enjoy it, you know, and just, just go on this journey. Cause it's one of those films, you either get it or you don't, you either love it or you hate it. And that's okay. I don't, I don't mind. Like if everybody liked the same films, it would be terrible. You know, mm. it's one of those things where, you know, you, you'll get a director like, uh, like Christopher Nolan or whatever. And, you know, he'll do uh, Interstellar. And I love Interstellar. And then there's people that go, yeah, that's his worst film. I'm like, no way. That's his like best film. So it's, it's, it's great to hear other people's opinions and it's, and it's uh, really not offended. You know, if somebody doesn't like it, it's, it's, you either get it or you don't. And whether you love those old eighties cult style films and a lot of the references in my movie and the love for cinema that I have is, is eighties films, you know? Yeah, yeah, you kind of get that with the, um, you know, the uh, this is an eighteen film at the very at the very start, yeah. you know, and yeah. then I think it's just tonally the way it's kind of been shot, right? The kind of visual hue of the film, which is yeah. great because then we get these other moments, right? Like with the the abduction, and it's got that red kind of tint to it all, right? But when you're filming stuff like that, right? The alien abduction. Now, were there thoughts of, I might tone it down a little, or is it just, I'm just gonna go as fucking crazy as I can? <laughs> well, well, this is the thing. So, I mean, I, you know, I live in South Africa. South Africa is quite conservative. I'm known as a music video director in South Africa. So I've been very lucky in my career where they let me do what I want when I come up with a, a music video idea and I do a lot of narrative storytelling within music videos, but at the same time, I've got to, it's got to fit the music, the concept that I do. It yes. also has to be able to go on TV. So it, I, I've, I'm still, even though I can do what I want, I'm still restricted because of the style of the music mm. and because it has to go on TV. So before I made Friar Barry and I'm still doing it now is a, a conjunction of uh, experimental films. And then, you know, when I, when I was shooting these and started to do Fry Barry, it's like, I can do anything I want. I, I don't have to worry about this and this and this and that. And at the end of the day, it's just a film. You gotta be open-minded. 
yeah. and that's why I'm saying, you know, there's different. This this film is not for everybody, you know, and that and that's the thing, and I know that. So it, it, that's the thing. It doesn't. It, it really, when it comes to those certain scenes, I'm just like, and it, some of the scenes, it's not even put there for shock value, you know, like mm. some of the bits of his abduction, and people might think it's just there for shock value. It's not. Like at the end of the day, it's just a dick, <laughs> you know. The thing, you know, the things going in, or it's like the anal problem. So what? You know, it, it's not the. It's it's just to show that we always hear about this. Well, yeah, no, that, that's abduction it. Film, but we never yeah. see it. Why don't we see it? So it's for me, it's not even a shocking thing. I, I can understand why people look at it as a as a little bit of shock value thing, but it's 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 just it's to get you in that scene more when you know when I did the festival run and you know some of the festivals are too, you know, you sit there and when that scene comes on and this needle's coming down, it's like oh. everybody in the cinemas. And it's fun. And that's why I'm saying it's <laughs> it's a it's a it's a cool crowd pleaser, you know. Well, yeah, I, I think it's just because the thought of it, right? It, it's the thought of something going down your reefer. It's just like, oh no, that just does, oh, <laughs> it just sends shivers down your spine. <laughs> I'm just like, fine, I'll meet the aliens, but please, not that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not you have to probe off. in a in a pill off. form? I'll take a pill. <laughs> 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 But yeah, no, visually, that's it's a great sequence. Like the way it's, and it's the, I mean, you couple the visuals with the perfect sound, right? Whether it's music or it's just a like, it's just like whatever sound it is, it fits so well with what we're seeing on screen. And it's not yeah. the same old, same old all the way through. That, that's one thing I really enjoyed. The yeah. fact and, that and the that's... music just changes. Yeah, I mean, uh, Hazer uh, scored the whole movie and he did an amazing job to, you know, to get that right tone right, which, you know, what I wanted throughout the movie. And, you know, and then, you know, like you said, it just changes. And for me, it's also, he's also amazing at doing like sound design, especially like with the alien abduction and the ship and stuff like that. He's he's brilliant. He's, he's just one of those people that I will always work with. He's, he's a very, uh, very talented guy. Oh, he killed it. Like, but how did that collaboration, how does that work? Do you sit down with him and say, okay, for this scene, I wanted something a bit like, oh, that scene in that film. Or do you just give it to him and go, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, basically I'll, you know, I'd give him, you know, depending on the scene, I'll, you know, I'll give him references of stuff that I like or, random videos with random sounds or like because it, it, it's funny because when I, when I'm when I'm sitting there with Hazer I'll be like you know I want this whatever sound and it'd be like look at me as if to go what the fuck did you just say like, <laughs> but he, but he also get he also gets me and I'm like yeah. you know or I'll give him a reference you know it's like it's like this or it's like that and he'd be like cool and then he'll do something and I'll be like what like this and I'm like yeah exactly like that so we just yeah you know i'd send him references and you know and then once i've worked with him for quite a, quite some time now so he knows my style and he knows you know uh what i like and what i don't like and you know we'll have a few meetings i'll send him a few depending on the scene or the overall thing and then once we create that world you know he runs with it and yeah he's yeah we just work super well together and yeah it's 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 i have a uh, great friendship with him where 
it's just so smooth. It's like, you know, working with him and because I, I'm sure with certain, when it comes to sound, trying to explain stuff or whatever, yeah. and he just, uh, he just gets it. And he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's really good. Yeah. Are you releasing uh, the soundtrack? Yeah, they are going to be uh, releasing uh, the, the soundtrack, which will be actually on a record and, and a CD as well. Which is nice. Really cool. yeah. I say, well, it does have a kind of breakbeat kind of feel to it in certain moments. So, you know, I, I imagine some people wanting to maybe incorporate it in that way, maybe drop it yeah. in a club. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely. Uh, how did all the casting go? Because like Gary Green, you know, he's a he he wasn't a um you know an actor per se. Like uh, I think I read he was a stuntman. So how did like all of that come about? Yeah. So I mean, the the, the cool thing about uh, this film with the the whole cast, nobody majority of the actors in this film I've worked with uh, many times before. So nobody actually cast for this film, I'll be like, cool, I know this person is great for this character and they'll nail it and so on and so on. And that's basically how I casted it. And and then, you know, once I thought of the idea and when I got the idea and it was, I knew it was the right one to make. And that's why, you know, I got uh, Gary Green on board. And, and yeah, it was one of those things that it, this film, it had to be the right story. It had to be the mm. right character. Uh, to to work with Gary because the whole movie relies on this character Fry Barry. That's that is the movie. So so because uh, Gary isn't a trained actor, you know I you know Gary didn't know what we were shooting until we were actually um, you know it, it, until like on the day because I yeah. needed that clean slate every single day where I'm like okay this is what we're doing. I didn't want him to overthink anything. So, you know, the scenes that are uh, and dialogue that I wrote throughout the movie, but then because I didn't want anything to sit in concrete, I wanted to live in that organic space so I can do a lot of improv with uh, a lot of the, you know, with, with a lot of the cast. But the only guy that didn't improv was Gary uh, with, you know, because of the, the non-training and being yeah. in that moment with him. So the, the, the interesting thing with Gary was that his character mimics all these different people, you know, throughout the movie. Mm. And then at the same time with the directing, uh, he'll be mim mimicking me. So I'll be like, okay, Gary, do this face. Okay, cool. Now let's do this face. And, you know, I'll be, I'll be off camera. And at the same time, I'm busy editing the scene in my head. So I know like, you know, we cut to this guy and we've got this reaction or he says this and I've got that reaction. So it looks like, you know, it's hitting all these, you know, all these beats uh, that I want. So I always, I always find that quite, quite funny and quite interesting how you know how the character is mimicking and then Gary mimicking me with direction but uh Gary did an amazing job he was brilliant nobody could have played this part better than him and he he's got that look and he's got that presence and yeah he was gave 120 percent and I think he knew that this was his his chance his opportunity yeah. you know to do uh you know something big and I'm so happy that I saw something in him that you know that nobody else did and and now like with everything that's happened so far with the film and the fans that we have like all around the world from all the like the festival runs and stuff it's been yeah it's been awesome it's been so good well it does bring an intensity to it and i i kind of think it's like not coming from that background it does work because 
he's someone who's being controlled by aliens. So he's not yeah. going to just walk around and be like, hey, how are you? Oh, you know, he's yeah, not going to exactly, be talking exactly. and acting normally. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing. I mean, if it was a different side of the story and it was like this alien that's talking to everybody, it wouldn't work, mm. you know? And that's why I'm saying uh, character, um, you know, character, the, the story, everything had to be right for this for this idea to work, you know? Uh, and that was the thing. I think all those things, because of the character that I wrote, it just complemented the story and the story complemented the character. And then the way I directed it and the way we made the film, all of it is in a circle, it all complements each other because it's the right, it's, it's the, you know, the right st style of story and character yeah. that this what fits into this world. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So when you're filming it and you're editing in your head, right, do you know instinctively the look, right? Because we do get those tonal shifts throughout, like from the alien scene, you know, just before he's even abducted, we go to that orangey kind of feel, like the nightclub, just all of these, yeah. there's these different scenes with these different kind of feels to it. So do you know when you're filming it, be like, oh, I'm going to give it this kind of hue. All right, this will work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or... I mean, and, and that's why I'm saying that the, the way this movie's designed in every aspect, whether it's shooting, lighting, uh, music, uh, camera work, everything. Uh, you know, I wanted to make this cult style film. So, I mean, everything in the, even though there's a lot of improv, I mean, the scene's there. It's not like we rocked up and went, oh, okay, let's just fucking do this. You know, it's, <laughs> it, it's you know, every scene is is written out to an extent, but I want to be free to be in that scene and see, hey, maybe this will work. Hey, maybe that will work. So, so to answer your question in, in every sense that everything is designed a certain way for this film. It's designed to be that cult style experience film you know it's not about the story the story is simple it's about the experience it's about an audience member watching this movie and going on this experience mm. yeah no I, I really did enjoy it right so um do you know what you're doing next yeah thing. well at, at the moment now there's a there's a few things in the pipeline um so yeah we're just waiting to see um exactly uh what's going to come so but yeah i think um at the moment now i'm just uh finishing uh, some experimental films off and maybe in august uh i'll be shooting my next film um which i can't talk about yet but uh you <laughs> keep a lookout uh-huh yeah no yeah definitely will do because yeah no this it it, it just it's different right and you you like that different experience because you know if every film looked the same felt the same it's a little dull right so you need these yeah. things that are going to shake things up and no, exactly and yeah. I, I think i think that's the thing with when you do something different and then some people don't get it that's okay but that's also why they're like oh we're not used to seeing this we're not used to seeing this structure and that's why if if you're going to just keep making the same shit all the time i'm not saying other films are shit i'm just saying if you keep making the same thing it's just yeah. i mean we're living the in the day and age of everything's just getting redone yep. sometimes worse sometimes better <laughs> and that's the thing it's just but it's i mean if if you don't make stuff differently then 
then what are you doing? Why are you just, do you just want to make the generic thing that everybody else is making? So for it to stand out, for it to be different, uh, especially with Fry Barry, it was all designed uh, to be, to be, to be what it is, you know? Mm. Like what part of the process do you enjoy the most? Um, I think, well, yeah, I think definitely just being on set. Uh, I love uh, the ed editing aspect as well, where everything comes together. But I think being on set and working with actors and, you know, and coming up with those ideas and, and living in the moment and being organic and where anything can happen. And uh, I, I think it's cool that, that, you know, most films are stuck in concrete. It's like, this is the script. This is what we're going to do. This is the scene. And I don't like to look at it in that way where it's like, you know, it's like, like an actor would go, why would the character do this? And you're like, oh, sure, just, just, just listen to the direction. But at the same time, it's from a director's point of view, anything's open and everything, anything's possible. So, I mean, in fact, the funny thing is they actually do it a lot more with the improv and stuff with comedies. So, you know, this gag's funnier or yeah. is this gag funnier? So they'll do that. They'll do that take. They'll do that take. And then if I slap you across the face and then walk off screen, then we've got to film the continuity for that just in case we use that take and not the other take. So yeah. I think living in the moment and seeing what happens and coming up with ideas on the spot, it changes everything. And, it, and it's sometimes it's like, it's way better than what you originally planned. I'm like, cool, let's use this one and not let, let's not use that. And I think, I think that's something really cool and, and, and to, to work with actors and, to go on that on that journey with them, which is great. Mm. In your first film, did you speak to like were there directors who you kind of studied, or you you spoke to anyone to be like, all right, how do I go about doing this? Or was it just like this? It feels like it should be done in this way, so I'm gonna do it this way. And if I if I make mistakes, I make mistakes, but it, I want it to feel like me. Yeah, I think I think with 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 anything, it's just you know it's the experience, and I've I've always done acting, I've always done directing for for you know for for a hell of a long time now. But it, it's it's one of those things where I know I kind of always known what I wanted to do, and then my, and my influences. I like all different genres of movies. So, I mean, like growing up, I, you know, I'd love all the 80s movies more than anything. I love like 80s movies. So I've always just been exposed to all these different types of films. And like, you know, there's, there is certain filmmakers, uh, you know, that I love and certain 80s movies that I love. But even not looking in the horror aspect and stuff like one of my like heroes is Jerry Lewis. So Jerry Lewis... For me, you know, he wrote, directed, produced, uh, acted, and for, for me, he was he was a genius. He was he was, he was great. So I've, ever since I was a kid, he's been that person that I've always looked up to as a as a filmmaker. Uh, oh, that's cool, man. That's cool. And you're gonna stick to uh, doing music videos as well. Um, I'll do music videos every now and then, but you know, it's been a long time coming where, you know, it's like with any job, you know, you move from, from this department to this department of, you know, and climbing the ladder. So I've always enjoyed your music videos and doing narrative stories within music videos, but at the same time, it's always been, you know, the things ahead to, 
uh, feature films. So, so every now and then, I you know I like doing these short experimental films, and uh, apart from that, maybe the odd video if it's the right music or the right band and stuff like that. But uh, other than that, I'm just going to be hitting it hard with uh, with features. Well, I mean, if this is anything to go by, Ryan, I, I really can't wait to see what you what you got next cooking up, man. So this, this is this is great, and um, I think everyone who's got Shudder or people go get Shudder, they're gonna thoroughly enjoy Fried Barry. So thank you for coming by. Really appreciate it. And uh, when your next project is about to bubble, man, you've got to stop by and we can, uh, you know, talk cool. about that one too. Fantastic. Definitely, man. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, man. Much appreciated. Hey, no worries, man. Mad success with this film, man. Hope it goes real well for you. Cool, man. Thanks, dude. All right. You take it easy. Cool. Okay, people, so we have reached that point again, coming to the end of another episode. But before we do, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of film. So, um, Sony Pictures, they've got a live musical version of Cinderella coming um, later on this year. But they've decided to uh, not bother with Ferretch, who with the cinema, let's just say that. And it's going to hit Amazon Prime. Okay, because, yeah, Sony don't have. A streaming platform unlike every other major studio so um, this version of young cinders will be directed by well it is directed by Kay Cannon right um, she wrote the screenplay now what is interesting is right it, it says it's from a story by James Corden but it's like, it's uh, Cinderella. <laughs> I mean, Cinderella is Cinderella. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, what did, what did you do? Give her a different color dress, James? Come on, man. Um, now, obviously, Corden seems to think himself a bit of a singer after Into the Woods, Lost in the Woods, whatever that horrible film is called. But he's in this. Along with Missy Elliott, Mini Driver, Pierce Brosnan, Edina Menzella, Billy Porter, and Camelia Cabello. So, uh, yes. If you're fans of uh, that story, hey, that's coming, people. Um, now, if you know heard of scientist Susan Simard well maybe you've read her memoir Finding the Mother Tree if you enjoyed it you might be pleased to know that Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal are bringing that story to the big screen so um, Adams will be playing um, yeah the lead in this Right, and uh, you know, the 
the memoirs recounts um, Susan's groundbreaking and once ridiculed research incorporating it into a scientific detective story about the woman who first discovered how trees communicate underground through an immense web of fungi. You know what? I told a friend that and she laughed at me. Laughed at me. But it's a true thing, as you can see, people. Alright. Um, so, uh, we've got a very new creepy film coming um, from Neil Berger. Right? It's a... Uh, yeah. It's a story called The Marsh King's Daughter. Right? It's um, starring Ben Mendelsohn, um, Daisley Ridley. Okay? Um, so it's based on a book from Karen Dion. Um, yeah. Ooh, it's a bit creepy. You know what I mean? And um, the story, well, Daisy Ridley's character is Helena, right? She's a young woman living a seemingly ordinary life but hiding a dark secret. Her father is Jacob Holbrook, played by Mendelssohn, the infamous Marsh King who kept her and her mother captive in the wilderness for years. After a lifetime of trying to escape her path, she is forced to face her demons when her father unexpectedly escapes from prison. <sighs> How creepy is that, man? Okay, so, now, we have talked about, you know, the uh, Red Sonja film that has, seen, has been kind of floating around for the last few years. Right? I think last year it seemed to um, pick up some steam. But now we finally have a lead. Yes. So, Hannah Jean Kaman will be playing Red Sonia. Mm hmm. Uh, Joey Soloway is um, directing the piece and um, co wrote it with Tasha Hoy. So, um, yeah. I'm uh, interested to see how this all comes together. You know? Uh, some other news, people. You know what I mean? Uh, okay, so, um, there's a new sci-fi film coming from Danis Goulet, who um, wrote... As wrote and directed the piece, it's executive produced by Takawatiti, and it's called Night Raiders. Okay, so it's set in 2043 when a military occupation controls disenfranchised cities in post-war North America, and children are considered property of the regime. A desperate Cree woman joins an underground band of vigilantes and infiltrates a state children's academy so that she can get her daughter back. Bum, bum, bum. Hmm. Doesn't sound bad, right? 
so Lisa Joy, she has a new film coming from Warner Brothers. Right? It's a, a sci-fi thriller called Reminiscence. It's starring Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson. Uh-huh. Right, um, it's set in the near future where Miami has been changed by global warming. And an actual, actual near future. <laughs> Jackman plays a private investigator who deals in recapturing vivid, cherished memories for clients. Ferguson plays a mysterious client he falls in love with. Hmm. Okay, so, uh, yeah, there is that. Okay, so, um, also, people, uh, Jerry Brockheimer, he's got a new film coming. Uh, it's called Secret Headquarters, right? And it's uh, coming through Paramount. Right, and the idea is this. It um, follows a kid who discovers the secret headquarters of the world's most powerful superhero hidden beneath his home and must defend it with his group of friends when the villains attack. Dum dum dum. It is um, written by Henry, sorry, it's directed by Henry Joyce and Ariel Shulman. Okay, so uh, Josh Koinsenberg wrote the script um, from a story by Christopher Joist and Chad Oman. Um, so, um, yeah, Owen Wilson has been tagged to star in the film. Okay, so, uh, yes, now. A couple of bits from Netflix. Okay, so uh, yeah, they have got a um, a modern version of uh, Persuasion coming. Persuasion being, you know, the uh, classic Jane Austen novel. Okay, so this this new version is um, yeah, this new version. I've just suddenly lost my train of thought, people. Brah. Anyway. Right. Okay. So, yes, it um, is starring Dakota Johnson as Anne Elliot. And Henry Golding is playing Mr. Elliot. Aha. Okay. So, the script is from Ron Bass and Alice Victoria Winslow. Okay, so, um, yeah, it follows Anne, a non-conforming woman with modern sensibilities, living her snobby, with her snobby family who are on the brink of bankruptcy. When Frederick Wentworth, the dashing one she once sent away, crashes back into her life, she must choose between putting the past behind her or listening to her heart when it comes to second Chances. Dom dom dom. Um, another Netflix film is going to be a Lady Killer, which is actually an adaptation of a Dark Horse comic book. Aha! Yes. So um, the story is adapted by Dio Diab Diab. Mm, 
Diably Cody. Yes. Woo. And um, Jake Lively. Blake Lively. Oh my gosh, it's one of those. Is um, producing the film as well as starring in it. Yes. Dum dum dum. So, um, Lively's character is Josie Schuler. By all appearances, the perfect 1950s housewife. When not catering to the needs of her family, she leads a secret life as a highly trained killer for hire and really likes her second job. Um, Kate Voroff, Mike Richardson and Keith Goldberg are also producing the film. Um, now, I think a lot has been done over the last year. You know, testing waters, seeing what works, and then you see people, you know, follow suit. So one of those things is releasing weekly new films, right? So um, Paramount uh, have seen how it's been faring for um, the likes of Netflix, Disney, HBO Max, and have decided to follow suit. Aha. Right, so, um, yes. Uh, they will be uh, adding new films each week to um, yeah, bring up that viewership, right? Uh, so they've got um, a Paw Patrol movie coming, Paranormal Activity, The In-Between, right? So um, all of these will be hitting the service along with other films such as the, uh, the new one from Mark Wahlberg and Antonio Farouk. Right, a sci-fi thriller called Infinite. Da dum dum dum, and that will be starting in June. Now, recently, right, news dropped that a new Superman film is in the works, and celebrated author, right, Tinashe Coates would be writing it. Dum 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 dum. You know what I mean? So, like, that was huge. JJ Abrahams is producing it. And, um, yeah, so everyone was excited. You know what I mean? Because it seemed that the Superman franchise had kind of stalled. Right? But now, so a little bit more news has dropped. And, um, yeah, it would seem that this is not going to be the Henry Cavall Superman no so um yeah it's it's going to be a standalone piece right a bit like um you know the Batman film that is uh coming which I don't know it it, it seems to be an odd move so we're going to have a, a number of different supermen flying around the place, right? Because, you know, it, it, from the, um, you know, reception, you kind of imagine most people prefer Joaquin Phoenix's Joker 
rather to Jared Leto's. But Whacking Phoenix's Joker is not within the DCU universe. You know what I mean? So you create this weird disconnect with the fans. I mean, I'm interested by the films to see what um, Coates does with it. But, yeah, it, I mean, this does create a, a, a level of confusion for your hardcore DC Universe fans. But, um, yeah, that's what happens. Okay, let's end with this. Because Gareth Edwards has a new film coming. Ah, very exciting. So it's a sci-fi feature, and it's called True Love, right? Um, yeah, it's set in the near future, and um, it's based on an original idea. That's all we seem to know. But. It is going to be starring John David Washington. Da, 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 you know what I mean? So that's fun, right? Um, we also know Kiri Hart will be producing the film. Um, and that's it. But yes, Gareth Edwards does make some good films, people. I mean, Monsters, his debut was outstanding and Rogue One it's got to be the best Star Wars film of recent years and I would say it's up there with Empire Strikes Back as the best ever Star Wars films yes people that is what I'm saying but listen we are done but people remember we have um you know the other part of the episode so go to the uh episode information and you can uh, find out you know what films we talked about this week okay people enjoy and we will see you next week peace